ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. And it's going to have a 30-minute time limit. We are back. We are ready to roll. WrestleMania night one was, was a huge success. A lot of great matches, a lot of rain, but they still pulled off a hell of a night. That main event was stellar, and I got to give it to them. I didn't expect much out of it, but that Bad Bunny match was actually surprising. Now, also, like all the props in the world to John Morrison for what he did to help Bad Bunny look like a pro, but... Even still, I mean, the man held his own. He took a lot of the spots that I didn't expect him to take in terms of just the, you know, uh, taking the beat down and whatnot. So props to him. He he did an amazing job in that match. And it was uh, it was very cool to see. I think the whole card was was really good up and down. Um, maybe the tag team championship match and the tag team turmoil match were probably the only weak points on that card. Otherwise, really, really good card all around. But we can save that for another day in terms of the full recap uh because tonight we've got another lineup that is just begging to be talked about uh rob what were were your thoughts on night one uh i couldn't get past vince mcmahon's obvious and terrible plastic surgery for about an hour you were saying this you're so you're telling me about this and i never i i've I've tried to go back and like find a decent image of it and i just frankly haven't been able to yet so i'm still i'm still curious to see like I, i don't know what i'm missing i mean it just looks like Maybe he got some like Botox or something. And is that, no, I mean, that's is that... that's a facelift. That uh, that those eyebrows are somewhere up near the top of his head. It was it was just he looked like he was in constant surprise. Uh, I, I it was so distracting to me. I didn't know what to do. But there was a very interesting thing that wasn't really spoken about or acknowledged. Speaking of acknowledged, was right in front when oh excuse my my noise. Right in front, we had Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman with the McMahon family front and center. Well, yeah. So if there's, I mean, it, if there's any doubt who the face of the company is, just erased it. I mean, Jinder was up there too. Like Jinder was right Sorry, behind Drew. Edge. So yeah, I, yeah, Drew. I don't know. Uh, I didn't see where he was in the. Actually, I can see a picture of it right now. I'm trying to like zoom in and see the other the other people involved and where they were at i know gender was i was surprised to see gender i haven't seen gender in a while so that was that was cool to see um all right but we're we're, we're starting to digress already and we've got one two i was surprised three, to see gender shirtless four five we got seven matches we got to talk about tonight so uh i mean two of them will be pretty quick but the rest of them we're gonna have to spend some time on so we're giving ourselves a 30 minute time limit here so let's ring that bell and get it going so we told we talked about it the other we talked about it not obviously the last episode but the, the one before that we're gonna start with the the main event of the night because that's what you wanted to start with the Universal Championship match Roman Reigns Edge Daniel Bryan uh, obviously a triple threat match now which there is some hints uh, from what Sonya Deville was doing that there might be a swerve a coming and this might not be a straight triple threat this might turn into a singles match with something extra maybe Sonya Deville is joining uh, Paul Heyman's camp I don't know but. There's some, uh, I don't know, seems like collusion backstage. We'll, we'll see what that comes to. I think in terms of this match, I mean, we've seen the storylines. The WWE, even though Edge has turned back to the rated R superstar, he's still going to get cheers as the rated R superstar. And today, I believe, is the 10-year anniversary from when he had to retire. So I think the only reason Daniel Bryan is in this match is because they don't want Roman Reigns to take a pin yet. I think the only reason Daniel Bryan is in this match is that's the only person that could get a boo for edge at this point i've always said it i've said it numerous times on this podcast daniel bryan is only there to break your heart that is the whole purpose of that character right now 
I mean, look, we could be in for a major surprise, but I don't think we are. Like last night, uh, Drew and Bobby, honestly, Bobby taking it as decisively as he did with Drew, not even being able to break out of one solid hurt lock was surprising to me. So I think the same thing happens here. There's the possibility of some kind of of twist, but yeah, I think Edge... I, I, th- I think Edge is taking this. and he, I mean, he's not going to get booed, though. Like, everyone loved the Rated R Superstar, even when he's at, like, they were piping in boos. But everyone in that crowd tonight, even with how they were so split with Sasha and Bianca or split with Cesaro and Rollins, like, everyone, you know, the, the crowd is just the crowd right now. And we're actually going to finally start seeing what their opinions are on a lot of this stuff because even Bobby Lashley was getting a bunch of cheers last night for the Hurt Business, which just goes to show that it was complete bullshit that they broke up that faction when they did. They were just focusing on Bobby. Yeah, and they yeah, and they have absolutely nothing for Shelton and Cedric. But the, the, but that's my criticism. God. But that's my criticism every week when it regards them. There's no storytelling to this. Yeah, well, I mean, where every, where, where do respectively Bobby and, and Drew go from here? Because there there was no doubt at the end of that match. There, no. that was that was as not in doubt as you could be. Yeah, I mean, it really seems like it really seems like Drew is in a position where he's got to work his way back up the card. Maybe there's a superstar shakeup. Maybe they pull some shenanigans where they move people around uh, between Raw and SmackDown. I've seen, I've seen uh, people basically saying that that's not going to happen. But I mean, maybe it is. Maybe that's where Cesaro starts getting. Maybe Cesaro ends up coming over, um, and that's where he's getting this main event push from. He's not going to challenge Edge or Roman. He's going to get moved back to Raw or over to Raw and make his push there to uh to take out bobby because i mean he's he's one of the guys that could i mean strength wise and everything like that he's right up there with drew and maybe this is their finally the opportunity to give uh the next championship match of the night uh we'll just keep going down the list here oscar and rhea ripley raw women's uh, raw women's championship match uh, I think, you know, I think it's a great time. I think they're basically going to harken back to WrestleMania 20 when uh, Eddie and Benoit ended the night as champions. I think this is basically the perfect setup for both Rhea and Bianca to end the night as champions, both as from the rivalry they had at NXT to the rivalry they even had at the end of the Rumble. So I think this is just a pretty straight, straightforward. It'll be a great match, but Rhea's taking this one. Rhea has to take this one. Otherwise, why bring her up? Yeah, well, I you mean, brought her was, up to put her in the main event. Yeah, there was rumors that there was the whole thing with Charlotte. Like Charlotte was supposed to be involved in this match to some degree, and you know, on Twitter she says COVID. There's a lot of like dark rumblings that this is kind of a slap on the wrist for the Andrade release situation, which I don't, I don't really want to get into all that nonsense because I think it's really just COVID. But uh, yeah, I think, I mean, this is definitely the ch- the time for her to take it, unless somebody comes in and causes some shenanigans. But you could also have this match end. Even with Oscar winning, but either one wins, and then suddenly you hear the you hear the steampunk, you know, uh, Becky Lynch music hit, and that could be a very big moment. I mean, they might save it for Raw, but that could be an obviously very big moment for her to come back and challenge Oscar for the belt. She never dropped; she just gave away after Money in the Bank last year. I don't know what their I don't know what her maternity leave is. Oh, she's so I don't she's, know she's ready. She's ready to come soon. back. She's ready to come back. She could have probably wrestled. I mean. Again, this is based on what the doctors told my wife, who was not a professional wrestler, mind you, but in terms of like exercising and when she could actually just kind of get back into her normal routine. And it was only six weeks postpartum and she's already three months, four months out. I mean, I still think she could have pulled off something small at the Rumble, but they just didn't want to pull that trigger because they wanted to focus on Bianca and Rhea. 
uh, and then obviously there's really no other opportunity for her to come back. This is that opportunity. Well, I mean, the women's division is in such shambles. Uh, I, she, she would be a welcome return. She'd be a welcome return. As, provided with, that, as with Bailey. Well, and Bailey last night was fantastic, even her in her limited role, and it was great to see her again because she's been, like I, I mentioned it on yesterday's episode. She hasn't been seen in weeks. She just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth after getting out of that title picture, and it's like, what the hell? She is one of the best talkers on the mic, and she's actually getting over as a heel in this company after after that incredible like babyface run that she had in which like she was the epitome of what you expect a babyface wrestler to be and she turned heel and she's done it well and she's still getting over as this cocky heel and it, yeah it just it made sense for her to come back i actually expected her to pop up in the tag team turmoil match as a surprise team with insert anybody here because there's plenty of women that could have uh, filled that spot peyton royce peyton royce being one of them uh, speaking of the women's tag team turmoil match, Natalia and Tamina won last night, um, leading up to a match with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. So, so like, let's talk about Sammy and Kevin. Um, <laughs> so but, you just want to you just want to bypass this one completely? I that, don't care. At. I got you. So I I, I want I want to bring up one point of this, which makes me kind of cons- like I I want the titles. Off. I mentioned this again yesterday. I want the titles off Nia and Shayna because I want Shayna to go back to being a singles wrestler and being the dominant force that she was in NXT. They they gave her that weird like vampire moment when she first debuted in WWE. She never really got over that as a singles competitor. And then she's been stuck in this tag team and stuck in the tag team division for a while. So I've been hoping the belts get pulled from them. Now, Neil, uh, Neil on the show yesterday was mentioning how this could be a really good, like Natalia moment. Cause she's never had a WrestleMania moment. So this could be a good way to give her one and just, you know, and it gets the belts off and, and whatever the case may be. My, my concern though, was that it really clearly looked like last night that Natalia changed the finish so that Tamina could come off the top rope and get that splash and get the win because that was the only time they were winning this weekend. Yeah, that was clear. So it definitely seems like this is another situation where Nia and Shayna are going to retain. And once again, the cluster that is the women's tag team division is just going to continue to be that cluster. Just that. Yeah. Now I want to, obviously, yes, I want to get into KO and, and Sammy, but I think that's a good match to end on simply because of how great it's going to be. So let's finish off the last two championship matches. First, it's going to be a quick, I mean, a, a quick hitter United States champion uh, riddle versus Sheamus kind of just popped up out of nowhere. I mean, they definitely threw this feud together in the last couple of weeks, but could be a really good match. Could be hard hitting. Um, I think it's a sleeper. Yeah, it could be, it could be a sleeper. It could be really good. And, and riddle could really start to show his technical side. Uh, he's done that at a couple matches when he's fighting the bigger guys, but Sheamus is a guy that can actually work with that and work with him. So it could be a very uh, good match, all things considered. I think if the the only other thing that would concern me for this match is weather. I mean, guys are slipping around as enough as it is, and if the if the rain hits, it's been raining all day in Tampa. The people that I know are down there have been posting all day, like, is the show getting delayed or like, has anybody heard anything about like what they're going to do tonight and all this nonsense? Cause it's just been pouring rain down there. So ringside might be super slippery and like bare feet, man. There was already a couple instances last night where it got a little concerning when they were trying to do some, some of these moves. And apparently just above the ring, isn't like a really good uh, like structure. It's, it's basically just a bunch of plastic that are just starting to like build up water. And then God forbid one of those breaks, it will break right <laughs> over the lights and right over the ring. And you could get like a flash dance moment in the middle of a match. So who knows? Maybe that's what they're saying. I would up love to see Sammy and Kevin suddenly in the middle of a deluge. Right. Because yeah. you know that they would work with it. 
Oh, hundred percent. I mean, they turned, they, they, you know, Sammy would start doing a slip and slide around the ring to yeah. like avoid KO all this nonsense. Uh, so following that up with uh, basically it's, it's called a Nigerian drum fight match for the intercontinental championship. Oh, but apparently it's just, Christ apparently almighty. it's just hardcore. Um, I haven't really heard anything about it. I hope I actually thought it was originally going to be a moment where Orlando Jones was going to make an appearance and we were just going to have a straight up like drum line. Uh, like, you know, Nick Cannon. Oh, uh, listen, dude, the way to do this is, you know how they do the setup for the Inferno matches, that there's the, the piping all around it? Right. I would just line the ring on all sides with Nigerian drummers. I mean, I'm sure that's what they're going to do, and it's basically just going to be the entire match, but I just don't know how, like, commentary-wise, and, like, hearing the crowd and stuff, like, how are you going to dull that? Because it's already so... I don't want to say empty, but I mean, like, it's going to echo in there. So, like, if they really do have, like, 15 drummers around the ring just, like, pounding the whole time, like, like... Uh, oh, that's easy. That's easy. You bring the commentators out of the, the area, put yeah. them backstage before I the mean, match. I mean, you could, yeah, I mean, basically to me, especially with the rain, this could be, and, you know, I don't mean to 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 turn this anyway, but this could be a, a direct Black Panther waterfall scene right here between the drums and the water and, and all that nonsense. Like this could be, Oh, I was thinking Ollie Frazier in Manila. Oh yeah. Thrill in Manila. I mean, I can you imagine he, those guys banging on their drums right? with all this freaking rain everywhere and, and the water bouncing on the drums. That's sure. an image. I mean, that that's we an, would talk about for years. That's an image. And then it's, but it's gotta be one too, where like, you know, they're on the ramp or something and like, you know, Biggie's got Apollo above his head about to throw him off or some nonsense too. That would be dope. <laughs> uh, I think Biggie's holding on here. I, I, I think Apollo has been doing great work, but the, I mean, Biggie's got Wally, uh, Wally, Wally, whale. I, I'm so out of touch. Mm -hmm. Uh, coming to do his entrance and stuff with him. Uh, um, you know, he's going to get the entrance well, you, song. You, we, I agree with you on Biggie taking it because should Apollo take it, you now have a semi-inferior copy of Roman Reigns' character. Right. Yeah. The, I the, mean, head of the head of the, the table. And you can keep pushing this feud the way, I mean, the way that they've, they've been doing it, you can just add a third party in uh, an insert person here, Baron Corbin, or maybe even like Chad Gable or Otis or something like that. Like, I don't care, but you can add a third party in and manage to continue this feud or a third or fourth person into, and do like a four way scramble. But you can, you can continue this feud towards SummerSlam. And I think SummerSlam would be a good time for Apollo to maybe take it and Big E to start making that turn towards main event. Yeah, I agree. That's a good timeline too. Um, so the only other match then besides uh, the one we want to talk about most, which is Sammy and KO is the fiend with Alexa bliss versus Randy Orton. Uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned with this match because they haven't built it anything like a firefly Funhouse match or anything. And I have flashbacks to the actual match that they put on at WrestleMania 33 when it was Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. And this was like, you know, just uh, Louisiana, Louisiana spooker. Bray Wyatt and like they just kept projecting like weird shit on the ring like just maggots or worms or, or a snake that looked like a giant penis as he was walking yeah down. like they just kind of put stuff on the ring and it was supposed to make it like creepy and stuff and it just made it weird especially I mean like on camera was one thing but like being in the stadium we were just like what are they doing we couldn't even tell and so it's just one of those like I think what could be super interesting is what you brought up and I thought it was I think it was on the show but if it wasn't on the show, for people who don't know, uh, Rob brought up a really good point that the Bray, uh, the 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 fiend character wearing that charred remains doesn't necessarily look like the same build as Bray Wyatt, um, which which could lend itself to be that tonight could be a night where we've got the fiend 
and like the fiend, the burned version of the fiend, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and Bray Wyatt, like the Pee Wee Herman Bray pop up in the same ring at the same time to really play some mind games and be able to pull something off that they haven't, that they've been able to on television because they're in the Thunderdome, but pull something off live, which would really make the crowd just go like, what the fuck? I think they have to. Because, and, and I'll tell you why. You've, you've changed this character that was supposed to be Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees, this unkillable character that is unrelenting, but is kind of a good guy, even though he's a heel. Like everybody roots for Jason. Everybody roots for Freddy, even though they're the villains. You know, you, the, the company has always made the mistake of saying Bray Wyatt the Fiend. But if you pay attention, Bray Wyatt has never said that. Bray has made it clear from the beginning that there is Bray and there is the Fiend. And they right. are two separate things. And this is how you do that. This is how you're able to separate that. And Bo Dallas has been doing fuck all for a year. Actually, more than a year. He, uh, we haven't seen him since, I think, November of nineteen. I think maybe maybe SummerSlam before that. I, mean, I don't it even was, remember. It, it would have been it would have been before. It definitely would have been. Yeah, it would have been right before Mania thirty six at the very earliest because Curtis Axel was part of those uh, releases. And uh, the last time I saw Bo was shortly after the Miztourage. I want to say where it was him and you know obviously him and Curtis Axel doing their thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I if 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 it's Bo, it's finally done in the way that I think would be great for both the character of Bray Wyatt and the fiend and also to bring Bo Dallas in and you get to play with the fact, I mean, they look similar in the eyes and that's all you're seeing on this, you know, in this character, right? They're, they're, they're very similar looking um, 15 minutes eyes. Elapsed. And that's, yeah, like I said, in, behind that mask, that's all you're really seeing. So and they sound alike, but you don't, you know, you're not hearing the fiend, the fiend just kind of grunts and groans and stuff right. like that. But like, he's, he hasn't done anything he hasn't done anything so far that stands out to tell me like the sister Abigail is the sister Abigail. And you could always chalk that up to the fact that he's got all these weird prosthetics on. So that's why if that looks any different, that's why it looks different. It's not that it's a completely different person doing it. I mean, the person who's hitting sister Abigail right now, the best is Ab uh, Alexa bliss. Yeah. So, um, and, and, by the and way, I'm hoping you, you set, you separate them like that. You separate Bo and, and Bray. You now can have a, a, uh, what's what, what does, Finn Balor have the demon. You have like demon. a demon situation now. You don't need him to show up. Right. It, it could be Bray all the time. And now the threat of the fiend is what they've been doing during the COVID era. Yes. That now he could be in the ring. He could be doing something. And the threat of don't make me get him. Mm -hmm. And the fiend just shows up. Well, and you it know, could lead, it could lend itself as well then to being able to pull off those switches mid-match with a live crowd. Yeah. Because up until now, that's kind of been one of the, the caveats of The Fiend is that they've been playing it up that he can pop up at any time. But if you see Bray in the, in the ring, you know there's no way he can pop up because of the amount of time it would take to get in the mask, get in the suit, and do a full character swap like that. It's the same thing with Alexa right now. Like, I would love to see Alexa get fiended or like fiendified whatever you want to call it tonight like she's been doing it a little <laughs> bit with the makeup she's been doing it a little bit with the with the contacts but like i'm saying like alexa full fiend as well and she's got a full dark get up and a, and a savini mask and all that good and all that goodness and she just like terrorizes people like i want we children just, i want children crying at the look of her oh i agree i agree we we just did the prestige it's yeah. two different it's brothers that we never knew yeah 
spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the prestige. I got confused for a second because I was thinking of the pinnacle from AEW and I'm like, how is that like that? But then I'm talking, I don't know. We're talking about a movie with Hugh Jackman and um, Christian Bale. That's right. And yes, I, I now know exactly what you're talking about. And somehow uh, David Bowie is Nikola Tesla, uh, which brings us now to, to David Bowie, to David Bowie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, easily from a, from a wrestling and, and just pure match perspective, most likely going to be match of the night, just like Cesaro and Seth was night one. Um, at least for the men, KO, Sammy, Sammy Zane. Uh, you, you've got it a little bit reversed. I think I can't remember the last time they had a match like this where KO was the heat or was the face and Sammy was coming in as the heel. I think anytime. I don't think ever anytime i can think back to it like obviously i i don't know about like the pro wrestling gorilla days or or some of like their roh stuff or anything like that because i just i think for the most part sammy's always played the part of the you know part of the hero and this is the situation where sammy's been just killing it as his uh you know conspiracy theorist heel and just the talking part and i it's, it's interesting to see that like you know Vince finally got the confidence in him, not from a promo, but from when he was being a special guest referee and he just started mouthing off to the guys in the ring. And it's like, damn, like somehow that's all sometimes sometimes that's just all it takes. Like, cause he's been doing great work. And when he was being like just the annoying like overtalker and stuff like that, it was still entertaining, but like he still never really got a chance. And then suddenly it turns out that oh, all you need to do is to actually just be yourself in the ring and you'll get a chance to to be mm-hmm. on the mic. Uh, go figure. Only that would work in other sense instances. Um, I think this is gonna be a good back and forth. I honestly don't know who comes away with this one. I mean, I would think for the sake of I I'd honestly would like there to be a swerve in this one where like we find out that there actually is somebody who's who's trying to destroy sammy for whatever reason and like and it's pop- logan paul or maybe or like whoever it is though they, they just they pop up in this match like i don't think it's going to be logan paul i just think they'd sign him for a big payday because they want i would rather him not even be there yeah i, I look he's I, going to complicate everything i'm not sure what the tie-in was like maybe they just thought that bad bunny wasn't going to be enough of a celebrity pull and he crushed it so they wanted to get a celebrity who's also half an athlete because he happens to pretend to box but well, my, my nightmare scenario is somehow he shows up with his brother and now we have to have Kevin and Sammy versus the Paul brothers. Now you would see me chewing on my own wrist yeah, to kill no, myself. No, I mean the way I don't think, I, I don't think Sammy and KO would be talking about the excitement on Twitter of this match. If that was going to be the end game, unless they're just really swerving us, which I mean, they could be, but that would just, mm-mm. I would, I would be very uh, irritated as well on that. Uh, I mean, Unless, outside of- uh, you know, Logan, Logan does a swerve and, and attacks Sammy and then his brother joins in. I don't know. I mean, Kevin has to come back and save him. Like I said, I, I just, I would like to see someone, you know, one thing we haven't had in a, in a while, at least that I that I can think of directly at mania has been like that, that mania swerve, that mania heel turn or whatever. Like I'm thinking like, you know, Christian and Trish with Jericho back at, you know, WrestleMania of 18, 17, something like that. Like I can't think of a recent swerve like that, where there's been kind of like a major Seth. What do you mean? He didn't turn though. He just popped up, no, but he, 
but he popped up like that's that was a swerve to that match. I, I mean, it, it, was, it was a major, it was a major swerve. To, it was a major swerve to that match, but the writing was on the wall there for anybody who was kind of paying attention. Like everyone, this was Roman's how whatever however many time being in the ring, Brock's in the ring. Seth hasn't cashed in the briefcase. You know, he hadn't cashed in the briefcase yet, and that was at the time that was the longest reign of someone mm. with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Like. I, that was actually a prediction. I, I wrote it down on a, on a hotel notepad before, <laughs> before we left to win a bet. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I would like to see some kind of swerve. I was just about to bring up the kind of the final thing that we talked about yesterday, which was, you know, do you have any predictions for a surprise guest surprise pop in anything, you know, anything along those lines as to uh, just, uh, just something to create an additional mania moment. Uh, I don't, I think they, they're all out of that. And if they were smart, I think they would use tomorrow raw after mania the way they used to do it. That the raw after mania was now everything new, like, you know, fresh snow has fallen. We're going to, we're going to lay new tracks and and do that. But how much I think think Drew should show up on SmackDown because he's the only credible threat that they're going to have for Roman. Because Roman did say, you're my favorite number two. You're, you're the guy yeah. that comes when I don't show up. Yeah. Like they planted seeds there. Yeah. Let that go. Just just shake it all up. Raw has not worked in more than a year. It has it has stunk on ice. So take this time and re- reset everything and let it go. Frozen style. Let it go. <laughs> I mean, how much of that, though, really depends on a crowd to have that moment? Like you can pipe in all the noise you want, but having the real crowd there... And having like the, you know, the fans from overseas who are used to doing soccer hooligan style chants and stuff like that, like create stuff for the wrestlers. I mean, that's how we got, uh, you know, Hey Bailey, would you be my girl or yeah. Fandango's da, 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 like, you know, that's, that's how those chants came to be. And then yeah. the raw after mania is like a really kind of magical time for that to happen. But again, it is really dependent on a crowd and they're still in the Thunderdome for the foreseeable future. So I, I, no, I, I in terms of just re- resetting, I mean, I'm good. Hard, yeah, hard reset and go. I'm down for a reset. Like, let's let's do it. You know, blow it up, start over, and start all these feuds kind of over. Some of them can carry on to the next thing. But to your point, like, what are you really gonna do? I mean, I'm just. I mean, it's kind of one of those. I was. I've read a couple more articles and just kind of like saw some reactions to yesterday's events and stuff like that. And it was surprising. And one of the things that popped up, and it's like, yeah, like you've got so many people on on the roster who obviously, you know, they didn't have the kickoff show. They didn't have the pre-shows like they normally do. So they couldn't, they did the battle Royal on Friday and they didn't have some of the other pre-show matches that they do. None of the guy, like, you know, nothing with the cruiserweight title because the cruiserweight title is now exclusive to NXT, but like you still find time to throw Shane in a random feud with Braun Strowman in the only gimmick match of the night, which was a steel cage. Now it was a great, it was a cool moment. And I, I actually called the opposite as opposed to, Braun putting Shane through the cage to get him out. He actually put Shane through the cage to pull him back in. And that was, you know, that was a great moment to see, but it's just like, well, you've got all these guys in the back and all these guys are trying to do something. And like, you know, you just broke up the hurt business, but for basically no reason, and namely because Vince doesn't want to push people. It's like, well, you need, you need something to like hook people. And I mean, okay. So yeah, we'll flash back to flashback to Seth and his, you know, in his. Well, hold, on, hold on a second. Were you, were you like me? Did you get frustrated looking at that Andre Battle Royal 
and seeing just the sheer amount of talent yes. that was in that ring that is never being used. You, I you mean, forget Kalisto is, is amazing. I, well, the fact, that, is amazing. the fact that Kalisto hasn't been re- put back into the cruiserweight division as is like mega heel at, you know, because he was starting to play that character off and he was starting to play that way. Put him back then in the, in the cruiserweight division as this heel. And he can take the he can take the spot of uh, Neville slash Pac when he was when he came back as the king with Bastard, like when he <laughs> when he did that dark turn, you can have, you know, um, Kalisto. But I mean, I think essentially, though, if you end up doing that, he's basically Santos Escobar with a mask on. So that's kind of the downside there. I mean, but you could have him join Legato, but then it just kind of complicates things because they're both cruiserweights. I, I, but yeah, I mean, between him and like Murphy, uh, obviously Drew Gulak, like, you know, he put on those matches with Daniel Bryan and then just became an afterthought. And that's just frustrating because like he is talented both on the mic and in the ring. Uh, Murphy, again bonafide stud performer can can sell anything i mean he can make my four-year-old daughter look like a stud and she's a good worker she is a good worker though i've been she's she she throws a mean headbutt we've we've worked on that for a while i'm actually teaching my six-month-old how to throw a headbutt too you you know perfect hand placement wait till she starts getting color (laughs) um i mean yeah look there's just so many people on the roster i just i want to see us i want to see that wrestlemania moment that you literally do not see coming like it is not even it's hinted out on the card. And that's the kind of, that's the moment you, you don't see coming. I don't know if we're going to get it here. Uh, I, don't know where you would put it. I don't know where you'd put it either at this point. And that's why I was saying like the conspiracy, whoever, whoever is actually behind, you know, Sami Zayn's d- d- demise or you have somebody pop up and suddenly Bray Wyatt, you know, the, the Wyatt family and Alexa expand again. I don't know. Um, I think frankly, I mean, at that point, just going to throw in the towel on that one. I don't really think there's much else to discuss. Um, should be a great show again. Like I said, last night was, was phenomenal. The only, you know, the only things I, I had issue with were um, small things. And it's one of those, I mean, I think the, the biggest things coming out of last night, was just awesome to see Bianca Belair's like genuine reaction to winning and the excitement in her face and like calling out for her mama down at ringside, which is cool. Her dad her, before the match began, her dad almost fell over the thing and got gronked by security. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, I really like, I was dying to see all the backstage footage after that. Like I wanted to see her in, I know it's get you know, I know it's got to get saved for the WrestleMania 24 next year or 365, whatever. And I'm pissed because I'm like, I want it now. Like they showed pictures of Montez Ford in the ring. I'm like, I haven't yet to see them actually, like getting in the ring together, like him running down to the ring or whatever it is to celebrate with her and going back to gorilla and all that. Like I saw a moment of her hopping in a golf cart and getting whisked from gorilla down to like the watch party area. So she could be on the after show. And even in that she was, you know, thanking God and doing all this and just very emotional. And they got to take very... her pictures. Did the official championship. Yeah, right, 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 right. But like, it was super just cool to see. And that's what I, I was there. I was just hundred percent there for that. And then, um, I mean, Swissman finally got the win. He had he had a great match with Seth and just and he looked so grateful. He looked so grateful and he looked so good. Like he that was a great match. He looked strong and confident throughout that entire match, and that was really great to see. I started punching Melanie's leg, going, He's got to do the UFO. He's gonna oh my god, he did the UFO. That UFO that UFO was sick. Like I know, and I don't know if he actually had a shoulder injury or what. Like, you know, he definitely wanted to go for like this long 
swing yeah. and just something wasn't right. And he just couldn't get there. And then they're, you know, they tried to say that it was like 24 or 25 swings or something like that. I'm like, no, the crowd was counting. Like it's the Royal rumble. You cannot trust them because <laughs> you know, it literally says two on the screen and they're, and they're like one zero. And it's like one zero. Yeah, it's, like it's, you've got to, you can't just randomly count. You have to wait for a full rotation, in a order full to revolution. One. But the UFO more than made up for that. I mean, the, the how, like I said, he looked just the confidence that he showed uh, spinning that. Oh, and then the other the other thing I want to mention about the main event was a very, was a very cool moment where um, there's some video of it on Twitter. But Sasha's up against the hard camera wall, like tucked away so that nobody should be able to see her, but still like a couple people can. And she just kind of falls into the corner and she gets the biggest smile on her face and just starts laughing. <laughs> and it's one of those where it's like, it's probably a combination of things. It's probably that Bianca's up there and having that moment and just Sasha realizing it and also being like, I was just in the main event of WrestleMania. And it was just, yeah. it's one of those moments. And this was one of those shows where I'm glad we started. I finally pulled the trigger and started this podcast back at the rumble, but it's also one of those where I just, you know, I, I constantly like, and then, and then driven to all the backstage stuff and all the production side and everything that went on and being like, I just, I want to figure out a way to be a part of that somehow down the line. And, I agree. I mean, here I, I am still, I love you know, Penn and Teller. I want to know how it's made. Right. I need to know how the sausage is done. It doesn't take away no. from the magic that, that is performed. It, I, it makes me it appreciate me. it. It makes me appreciate it yeah. more. In this I, want, I want to know more. I want to see I, where I, the strings are. I constantly have to tell people that when it's like, you know, when, when people try to, when, when anybody tries to really dog wrestling and they're like, well, it's predetermined. I go, the only thing that's predetermined is who's going to win. Everything that happens in between is basically figured out on the fly. And I'm like, and then not to mention, think, think about this at, from a live production crew. The fact that like, you know, they give all this props to the Oscars and the Grammys for, for pre-planning and, and putting on these special events or like, you know, NFL football. And I'm like, do you realize like these guys do this weekly and it's a different show every week with different elements. And they, it's three times a week or twice a week with the crews, like having to go back and forth. I'm like, when, when we had those guys at our booth, I had said to him, like, how do you not win Emmys constantly? This, this is a traveling circus performed in front of millions of people every week, all across the country. Basically follows never too. misses ever. Yeah. That's you know, always what I, the, the comparison I always make is Disney. Like Disney yeah. does everything the right way. You may not like them. You may not enjoy it, but you can't say that what they have produced hasn't been done meticulously perfectly. That's why when it. the Barkley, yeah, when the Barkley center opened, they hired Disney people to come down to teach the people who work there and interact with the crowd, how to be right. WWE, whether you like the product or not, whether you even don't, whether you don't like wrestling, is irrelevant their production standards are above anything i have ever seen oh yeah better better than the super bowl better than the nba finals they have a 10 camera shoot over 100 people on staff 50 of them on camera with live with live led boards and wiring going from here to there that they literally only had a week to set up or less than a week to set up in some instances yeah yeah i mean it's it's incredible and then like it's always one of those when we go live i always catch myself looking at you know like a match is going on to the ring and my eyes end up drifting towards the entrance ramp because the guy's up there like having to pull out a panel like right in the middle of the show and like from our experiences at comic-con and having to yeah. like you know i've got a panel out and i'm like well i gotta wait to fix it till the end of the show or like afterwards but like to see them being able to just pop out and you know pop pop put in a new panel test it 
couple taps of the board and they're good to go. And I was like, man, that is smooth because again, imagine like, that pressure, like the pen and, and the pen and teller side of it, you know, it's, it's misdirection. Like when, when you're watching at home, you never see any of this. Like you're not paying attention to any of that because you're watching what's happening in the ring. But when even, and then even live too, like you're looking at the ring, but if you start looking around and like looking at the production as it is and what they're trying to do behind the scenes to get that, get that perfect. It's yeah, it's incredible. So Dude, before, before we tap out, I'm going to tell you my, my favorite production thing I have ever seen came from seeing raw live. Okay. I, I was there the night Braun Strowman debuted. Okay. When the Wyatts were facing the shield and Braun just popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. And I realized after the fact how they were able to get him in. I don't know if you've ever been there when someone comes out from under the ring. Yeah. In be- I'm doing some inside baseball here. In between when commercials coming in, no less than 40 people all walk down in a group and you just circle the ring like, like they're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't even see the wrestler jump under the ring because, again, Penn and Teller misdirection. Yep. There's so much unnecessarily busy stuff going on that now when he does come out, all of a sudden, like, where did this monster come from? That's how it's, they got it's t- wonderful. That's how they got Taker down there a lot too. Taker. So basically what the, what those guys are doing, uh, it's kind of like a hygiene thing too. So every, again, if you, if you've never been to a live event every so often, uh, they'll change out the canvas. So like the canvas, there's like sometimes two or three layers of canvas before the small amount of padding and then the, and then the wood on a ring. So what these guys do, they basically send out a team real quick to remove the canvas and put it and, and, you know, expose the clean one underneath and then retie it down and tighten everything up and, and, and wipe down the ropes and everything like that. So during that time, they'll have one extra guy in a beanie or a hood or something like that. And that's a wrestler who, while they've flipped everything up and they're untying the can, the old canvas just rolls under the ring and, that's where he hangs out. I can only imagine like hanging out underneath a ring while a match is like happening above it, like all the sound. And the one I want to see is when you've got like the Bray Wyatt, when he came up from and Kane and Taker, like when they come up from under the ring, like how do you just remove that little section of ring that he can cut through and pop out of? Like, you oh, want to, like it's like, the Bam Bam Bigelow when they it's went like, through. It, yeah, it's like when it's like the song person in half thing. Like, how do you like just the, the, the planning and, and how they just are able to pop that out and just have like, yeah, bam, bam, fall through the damn ring. Or, I mean, obviously, like the ring collapsing, they've done a couple spots of, but like you've had the whole night where they've been using that spot. And it's not like they came out and like completely reconfigured the ring. There's clearly one smile that they're able to just like a hatch or something that they're just able to and then cut through. I don't know um that's a little bit maybe too much behind the magic but as two people who do a lot of events and producing stuff it's just obviously something that we're very much in love with and wrestlemania is definitely the time to always uh i actually have video of me freaking out at wrestlemania 35 because they somehow turned an led wall into like a garage door and it just lifted straight up and i've been dying to find out how because i want to do that at comic-con I knew when you started talking, like I was freaking out. I'm like, this definitely has to do with an LED wall. There is no way Sean McHugh is getting excited over anything like this other than it just an LED. lifted. It just went away and came back perfectly. 
Do you know the power I could have at Comic-Con if I could just do that? <laughs> if I could just figure out the secret, Rob. I need to know. I need it. Hey, we... I need it. All right. Uh, I mean, that's we're, that's going to do it for us today. We're, uh, we're very excited. Obviously, by the time this is actually out, you may actually have already watched WrestleMania Night 2 before you can actually listen to this, and we understand this again this has been the, this is the busiest 14 days in the history of wrestling for i think both of us hey don't and you owe me money no don't you owe me a dollar we didn't we didn't actually make that bet and i think you lost oh, it anyway you, you said you said you didn't want to make it yet we were going to hold it off for something later on that never actually came because we got too busy and then like i said we've been flying by the seat of our pants trying to get trying to turn these episodes <laughs> out somehow you and i got to talk about NXT and and give a recap of that which hopefully we'll have uh have out by tuesday and then a WrestleMania recap, and then we've still got to recap what happened the week after WrestleMania. So we'll do it. We'll do Sooner it. Later. Right. Eventually, it'll be 2022, but we'll talk about WrestleMania 36 or 37 <laughs> at some point. Uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, check us out all over the place: uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or just at AngelsOfMayhem.com. Uh, appreciate again everybody giving us a listen, even though we were super late getting this episode online and up yesterday. We still had. I think like 15 downloads, which for us is very, a very good first, uh, first run. So thank you for everybody who, who gave us a quick listen and Hey, you know what might be another rain delay. So if there's a rain delay, pop us on, give us a, you know, you, you might, you might have 30 minutes to kill. If you don't feel like just watching all these guys try to cut for you, cut quick. You don't want to watch drunk wrestlers talking. Yeah. If you, don't, was- if you don't, if you don't, if you don't want to watch guys who are just finally just like, I don't know, we're just doing it. One, so. one quick thing before we sign off. Yeah. Drunk Seth Rollins forgetting the interviewer's name and then making a bit out of it was the best thing I've ever seen. Well, I mean, he just pulled a Jericho. No, but he, he was clearly, in my opinion, clearly like he had a few, like he knew he had. Some. I mean, I mean, maybe, but well, no, cause he had a wrestle. He, he was just, he was just, it was, that was just like a, a natural he high from being that loose in 10 years. Come on. I mean, that's just his character now, but no, that was, that was a complete, if it wasn't a nod to Jericho, it was, it was a, uh, an, um, I don't know if it wasn't a nod, it was a steal because Jericho used to do that all the time when I think Mike Rome was doing backstage interviews and it was him, Tom Phillips and somebody else. And they all looked the same. So Jericho just called them all Tom. Yeah, and he was Tom. Just, that's yeah. It just, he's like, and he's like, no, nah, I'm actually, I'm Mike. He goes, no, Tom, you're Tom. Uh, and obviously like, yeah, this, this new guy was just, just that kind of, you know, that kind of moment where he could call him uh was it Mike? Was he was he basically calling him? Hyphen. Huh? How about a hyphen? Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. All right. So, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, once again, everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, we will catch you then, hopefully Tuesday for the NXT Takeover recap show. And uh, yeah, enjoy Mania Night Two, and we will see you next time on the One Fall Podcast. See you.